You're listening to Win Win, an entrepreneurial community with your host, Ben Wolf. And welcome to a very special coronavirus edition, or another coronavirus edition of Win Win, an entrepreneurial community. Uh, we have a very special uh, guest and uh, topic today. This, this episode is really geared towards companies that are using the entrepreneurial operating system, EOS. Uh, as regular listeners know, I'm an EOS implementer. I help companies implement this simple set of tools called EOS to get the most out of their business. And we have a special episode today focused on companies running EOS and how to embrace and adapt the EOS tools to help you navigate the current challenges and really create a stronger team and a more resilient business uh, using those tools. Uh, to make the information here, uh, not only during this coronavirus time, but when things get uh, back to hopefully normal again and, and get the tools and value that we're sharing here for business owners, uh, definitely recommend that you subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you are listening to your podcasts as well. Leave a review and make the content here more available to others and to yourself in the future as we go forward. Uh, with that, I want to get to a special guest today. We have a, a, a repeating guest as my uh, my EOS implementer when I was client side, my current mentor as an EOS implementer, Jonathan Smith. Uh, he is the uh, is author of Optimize for Growth. Um, he has. Uh, we're going to check in today about the Resilient Entrepreneur Program, uh, a, a training that is especially designed for getting businesses through and stronger on the other side of the craziness that is going on now. And so hopefully Jonathan will be able to speak about the Resilient Entrepreneur online training program that is coming up and is going to be launched next week. He's a certified EOS implementer, the co-founder and CEO of Optimize for Growth, and um, a lot of other things, <laughs> you know, and uh, we've introduced him previously as so I really want to get in and start talking about uh, start talking about what companies running on EOS can do to maximize themselves and come out on top of all of this. You can find out more about Jonathan at his website, uh, o4g.com. That's like optimized for growth, o the number 4g.com. Uh, and with that, uh, welcome, Jonathan. Thanks for joining. Thanks for having me, Ben. Very good to have you on. And so with that, I'd like to get on to start with um, a kind of an introductory concept. When, you know, when I when I was your back in the days when I was your client, uh, we had at one point a big existential crisis. It was not, you know, worldwide and, and you know, and across all industries like the current one. But we had very specific to our industry, uh, a huge existential crisis and threat that we were dealing with. And you introduced us to uh, to a concept based on uh, based on Ben Horowitz's book, or you know, largely inspired by that, um, the hard thing about hard things. Ben Horowitz's book, uh, you know, I think that might be a good thing to start with in terms of in terms of getting the right perspective on what's going on for the people out there. If you you know, yeah. So you did have that existential threat. Uh... At that point, it was a regulatory issue you were having that we're going to have to deal with. Um, I encourage you guys to read Ben Horowitz's book, The Hard Thing About Hard Things. And in that book, there's a concept of the difference between a peacetime CEO and a wartime CEO. And clearly, we're at, we're at war at this point. 
Um, almost, almost all my clients are at war given uh, what's going on with the coronavirus and the impact on the economy. So I have been um, beating the war drum on the concept of we need to be wartime CEOs today, not peacetime. And a wartime CEO focuses more on the details today than the big vision. They prepare HR for layoffs. They let war define culture. They go after the competition. They worry about employee survival and training. And they have a war room that meets daily. And I have a, a bunch of clients who are, um, are in this mode, almost all of them, and I just keep encouraging them to remember this is wartime, you need to be a wartime CEO. Right. Well, it's an important mindset. And, and, uh, you know, hopefully we can keep coming back to that, keep coming back to that mindset and not, not, not fail to take this sufficiently seriously and, and to recognize that, that there are decisive uh, and aggressive decisions that need to be made. And if we are delaying, if people are delaying and those decisions or not taking sufficient action, because they're just, you know, hoping against hope that it won't be as bad, uh, then you could find, instead of finding yourself with 10% or 20% people laid off, you could find yourself with 100% laid off without taking sufficient seriousness of what's going on. And so for those companies that are that are running on EOS, right, that's really what I was hoping to focus on today. So how do we apply that wartime CEO mentality? How do we embrace and adapt the EOS concepts uh, and, you know, and you and I have um, have a blog article that we wrote together uh, based on your thoughts on this uh, that was just posted on the O4G blog. Again, you can go to O4G.com and uh, check out their blog, you know, one of the main menu items at the top to check out that article. And I think that some of what we're going to say here is going to uh, touch on and, and, and very much expand on the, the concepts there. Um, but so for companies running on EOS, so what are some of these... Uh, what are some of the ways that they should be thinking about adapting the EOS tools to the current environment? Uh, for instance, let, let's let's start off talking about the meeting pulse. Like, what are the meeting pulse tools? What are the basics of that? And and how should people be thinking about adapting those? One of the things that I like to teach folks from the beginning in EOS is the importance of a meeting pulse. That means how frequently are we going to meet? Is it daily, is it weekly, is it monthly, is it quarterly? And during wartime, I strongly believe that your weekly level 10 needs to become a daily war room or a daily huddle that needs to happen every single day. And your, your goal there is to get ahead of your competition, not to take a wait and see approach, but to actually be in action and make decisions as they come up. You're already good at IDS. Um, this is a skill that's more critical than ever at this point, but we have to identify, discuss, and solve the, all the issues immediately. The urgency level for everything, you must must be cranked up in all areas. And what, what I'd, we like to say is, uh, Perfect is the enemy of done, and a wartime CEO doesn't have time for perfect. Other ways that, that these critical EOS skills or tools that people are using uh, need to adapt to the current to the current situation. Uh, what you know? What about you know? I know I know you talk about rocks. You talk about to dos. What what should how should those be adapted? 
Well, rocks and to-dos are part of um, the compartmentalized and prioritized component of EOS and the issues component. And what happens just like the meeting pulse has to be compressed and the, and the tempo of the organization has to, has to go up significantly, the frequency of our goals has to, has to actually um, come, come more, uh, it just has to be more frequent. So for example, instead of quarterly, your rocks become weekly mandates. You check on whether they're on or off track at the daily war room huddle. Instead of weekly to-dos become daily accountabilities. We create certainty in uncertain times by setting simple, well-defined, short-term goals. Each person must be crystal clear on exactly what is expected from them and when. Well, and what when so if if a company's doing this, like what ha what happens to their old to-dos? I mean, the 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 rocks, not to-dos, I should say, but really rocks. Like the rocks that people were focused on you know, two weeks ago, which now are, you know, gosh, I mean, you know, maybe out the window as priorities, but what happens to those rocks? How, you know, how do you do quarterly, you know, how are we doing quarterly sessions? If I'm doing, if I'm working with an EOS implementer, how often are we doing those quarterly sessions? What happens to our rocks? Like what, what happens to all of that stuff that we were working on before? And w when do we have the quarterly at this stage? Do we do it with the EOS implementer? How do we handle that? Um, it's on a case-by-case -case basis. So depending on where the client is in terms of their level of distress, it, it sort of dictates um, what the right meeting pulse is for them. So I have some clients who are still doing quarterlies because they believe that given their current um, situation, that it's best for them to just follow the, the EOS process and keep that discipline in place. I have other clients who, who are asking me to do um, two-hour strategic IDS sessions. Let's just talk about the most important things that are going on in the business because I don't have eight hours uh, in, a, in a week at this point to focus on long-term their long-term vision and quarterly rocks. And I have other clients who've just said, hey, we're at wartime. You've taught us the tools. It's amazing what we're able to accomplish. We'll get back to you next quarter. I almost look like Q2 2020 has been shifted to Q3. That's that's my optimistic hope that we can get back to business in Q3 2020. Well, that, it's a good mindset, and, and it is something that I've been thinking about and wondering, so I definitely appreciate that. Now, what about the data components? You know, people have their scorecards. They have they have their cash flow that they're reviewing. The financial aspect of the organization, the finance function. What what are, what's people? How should people be adapting the data component now? You know, I like to say, Ben, the data doesn't lie. Now more than ever, you need to be fanatical about your data. I mean, fanatical about your data, your scorecard, and is the dashboard and cash flow is the fuel that gets you through this crisis. And with your scorecard, you know, I want you reviewing your numbers daily. If you can get the numbers daily, I want you to address the off track measurables immediately during your meetings and decide if we have to make adjustments it's because we don't have time to wait one, two, three weeks, a quarter to make decisions. 
we, we may have to modify our goals and baselines for measurables. Um, we need absolute accountability. People have to do their jobs because what's happening is the folks who are not accountable at this point are no longer on the team. They're being furloughed. And everyone must understand the situation and embrace an all-hands-on-deck attitude to save the company. Because ultimately, we all do better if we save the company and we save the economy. EOS is one of the tools to help do both. Um, I'll, I'll leave it at that, and now, then we can talk about cash flow in a second. Did you have any questions about that, Ben? Yeah, I, I did. I wanted to follow up on one aspect of that, which is, you know, this is something that I've come across in, in talking with some business owners is the difficulty in getting that all hands on deck, 200% commitment to saving the company when people, honestly, in reality, they're stuck at dining room tables with their kids in homeschool. Like they're, they're having a lot of difficulty in giving 100%. Uh, what, you know, what, what, are, what are you seeing with your clients on that? What's your advice, What's your advice on, on, on the difficulty in getting 100% from your key people? Um, so it's really a mindset issue. And the interesting thing is there's a piece of team health at this point where you also have to talk to your people about what's going on at home. So in the LMA component of EOS, the fact that you have to genuinely care about your people. So we can't step over the fact that people are at home and kids are at home and, you know, they're compromised in terms of, you know, what their working uh, environment is. But I need I need, we need our people to be focused for the time that we're actually together. So the time we're together may be, may be less time during the day, but when we're together, we need to be productive. And I can remember uh, a friend of mine after 9-11, three days after 9-11, he worked at a big Wall Street firm. They said, okay, we understand the towers are down. We have to go back to business. If we don't go back to business, we're going to go out of business. And if we go out of business, your kids are going to go hungry. So I, I need people to understand the, the importance of making sure that they save their businesses and, and they make it a priority as well as making their health a priority and their family a priority. Well, that, that's, a, that's a great phrase that uh, we, we have to get back to business or we're going to go out of business. I think that's a great line that people can bring back to their teams. Uh, I saw Bain Capital had some advice on how to handle the current situation. And one of the key points that they emphasized was really getting everybody on the same page, getting everybody with this, you know, having some sort of uh, alignment call, call to action, all hands on deck call to really make sure people understood the situation. I think that was a great phrase you used. We have to get back to business if we want to stay in business. Uh, I'll just, you know, say there were times, you know, back uh, before my entrepreneurial journey built, you know, helping build this company from, you know, from the ground up to, to, uh, you know, to one of the largest organizations of its type in the state. I was at a law firm, corporate restructuring and bankruptcy. And, you know, those were just like fire drills on, on every case. And, uh, w you know, sometimes I'd be having to work, you know, also little kids at home, uh, you know, it's on the weekends, right? So at that time, being on the weekend is kind of similar to what everybody has every day now. 
and uh, the way I was able to get work done 24 hours a day, you know, I set up a card table in my bedroom so that, you know, maybe I, I don't work at the dining room table. I just set up a card table in the bedroom and just kind of close the door, found some place because it is hard for some people in different living situations to find a quiet private place to focus and work. My wife just had to be all hands on deck to take care of everybody else. Uh, if, if you have somebody like that, that, obviously that makes things easier. And um, just kind of set up a card table in the basement, close and lock the door, and just focused you know, every hour of the day and night. Um, so maybe that's an, an idea people can consider also in that in that scenario. And, and so what about the cash flow piece? How do people, how do people, how do people look at cash? What are the tools they should be thinking about? Sure. So cash flow is the blood that keeps the business running, right? Without cash, we can't pay our bills. We can't pay our people. We ultimately, if we don't have enough cash, we ultimately end up going out of business. So you can have a lot of assets, but if you don't have liquidity to pay your bills, you're in, you're in trouble. So I like to say if we usually review cash monthly, we'll make it weekly or daily. A liquidity crisis could mean you can't make your payroll, buy supplies, or fulfill your orders. If cash was king before, it's 10 times more true now. Ensure you're taking every measurable possible to get your top 10 expenses down to an absolute minimum. I recommend sooner skipping eating for one day rather than to go without questioning your expenses. Aggressively collect your accounts receivable. Delay your accounts payable as long as possible. Uh, consider extending customer contracts month to month rather than attempting to renegotiate another annual agreement in the crisis. Right, I hear that. That's you know, cash obviously is, uh, as you said, is the, is the is the lifeblood of the organization. You have to maximize it. I mean, you know, if if you could think about maybe some stories or examples of anything going on with your clients now, obviously without any identifying information, anything that you're seeing that people are doing, any other creative solutions that, that you could think of for how people can maximize their cash, preserve their cash. Um, should people be taking out, if lines of credit are not frozen, should they be, should they be drawing on them? What else can people be doing? Certainly, those are all good questions. I know what we've seen is our accounts receivable clerk, our accounts receivable professional is one of the most important people on the team right now. So I have clients who are working their receivables daily. I have clients who are working on mission critical projects for people who are actually requiring more, uh, more strict payment terms. So they're asking for more upfront to keep projects going. Uh, I, I personally reviewed every single one of my recurring, uh, my recurring uh, subscriptions or payments and reduced a bunch of them, as well as, you know, reviewing different vendors and actually seeing that, for example, I um, saw that my fuel oil vendor was uh, charging a, a pretty substantial premium over, over their competitors and I switched to vendors over the last couple of days. So everyone has to be more disciplined at this point to say, do we really need to spend the money on that particular item, asset? Do we need that product? Are we gonna be better off with, you know, using some scrap that we might have that we would have thrown out in the past, but we can actually do something with today? We're looking for people to be resourceful and, and respectful of cash. 
Right. I, I hear. I mean, can can you tell can you tell us also about T- tell me about the resilient entrepreneur. I know this is something that you and, and your partners at O4G.com at, at Optimize for Growth have been uh, have been working on for months, actually, uh, even before even before this has been going on. What's the resilient entrepreneur? This is obviously a resource that could be very helpful for organizations out there, whether or not they're running on EOS. Um, what's the resilient entrepreneur? What's in store? What's going to be available? Like, what's this resource going to be? So the resilient entrepreneur, what I found is in probably the last two weeks for sure, if not month, my clients are, I used to be, the mindset was growth always. I was there as a growth advisor, strategic advisor on growth, growth related issues. And that has completely shifted to a need to be resilient and save the business from this this uh, impending crisis that we have. And what I've found is that in offering what we call the resilient entrepreneur, it's on o4g.com. You'll see a button there for resilient entrepreneur. We're as of next Friday, April third, we will have an online course to tell you exactly how to walk through. Um, all of these issues that, that, are, that are showing up in your business, whether it's what's your mindset, how to be a wartime CEO, how to deal with sales and marketing, how to deal with operations, how to deal with finance at this point, how to deal with your numbers, how to make sure you get the, your uh, meeting pulse right. People are looking for direction because right now it's very cloudy what to do next and people wanna be given a path forward that they know is going to give them the best chance of success. So we created this Resilient Entrepreneur. Um, I have a bunch of my clients who, who are running the principles inside of the Resilient Entrepreneur. And actually, a lot of my EOS sessions have convert, converted to sessions around the content from the Resilient Entrepreneur. Right. So, you know, I definitely want people to, you know, if, if you want to be able to get updates on on when that when that sh- when that course goes live, the resilient entrepreneur, again, I just definitely recommend that everybody go to <clears throat> excuse me, go to O4G.com, click on the resilient entrepreneur right there at the top. Um, if you go into the course uh, that's that you'll see there, there's an option for, you know, get email updates. I mean, you could sign up for the course. Uh, and definitely recommend you doing that. You could also just click on uh, get email updates. It's one of the options there. Then you won't have to put in a credit card number. Just you know, just submit so that you'll get information on the course when it comes available, and you'll see when it goes live. Uh, so definitely encourage people to go to o4g.com, resilient entrepreneur. Click on get the emails or sign up for the course, obviously, uh, to make sure to get updates on that. And so definitely re- recommend doing that. Jonathan, we could just conclude with what's the bottom line right what what's what's the main takeaways that people should should approach uh how to save their businesses and then hopefully come out even stronger on the other side focus obsessively on your scorecard your results matter they don't lie on the scorecard you have to be honest with yourself about where you are with your cash position and the viability of your business and your need to make very tough decisions at this point. You gotta expect more from everyone and insist on accountability. Like we said earlier, 
we need to get back in business if we want to stay in business. Seek out ways to grab market share. This is what some of my clients are seeing today. They're like, wow, a bunch of our competitors are going to go out of business after this crisis. We should have a plan. We don't know exactly when it's going to happen, but we should IDS where we think the opportunities are going to come while our, our competitors freeze in a panic mode. Um, and ultimately, if you embrace and adapt the U.S. tools, it will get you through the current crisis and make your team stronger and your business more resilient. Right, absolutely. And so besides for signing up for the course or signing up for information about, about that at 04G.com, obviously anybody can get in touch and have a conversation about what they could be doing in their business with Jonathan. I'm sure he would welcome talking to people. You could reach out to him through 04G.com. Obviously, I'm happy as always, as I always say to talk to people and how they could what they could be doing to strengthen their business on my website, wolfsedgeconsulting.com. That's wolfs like with possessive w o l f s wolfsedgeconsulting.com. You can get in touch with me through there uh, or through LinkedIn or, or whatever the usual channels. And well, thanks for having me, Ben. It's always a pleasure. Absolutely. And we appreciate it. We'll see everybody else on the other side. Keep, uh, stay focused. You're listening to Win Win, an entrepreneurial community with your host, Ben Wolf.